Let's begin with a quick English lesson. It's me, Cindy. Mother is a noun and a verb, both a person and an action, and as an action word, possibly the second most utilized verb in the world after breathing. Even if you don't have children of your own, mother is still a verb that applies to most women and possibly some men. To mother is to share something of yourself to benefit someone else, mostly smaller someone else's that grow up. But if you've ever taken a coworker or neighbor under your wing, if you've ever delivered chicken soup or sent a birthday card or offered some well-thought-out advice, that's mothering. So really, not only do you not have to have children of your own, but mothering isn't only limited to women. Although, whether by nature or nurture or a combination of both, women tend to be more inclined to soothe or comfort or offer a Band-Aid or a tissue that we just happen to have in our bag. In that regard, mothering is easy. It's about caring, helping out, being a little less selfless sometimes, and doing what you can when someone needs it. It's a form and expression of love and appreciation. It's kindness. And it can feel good on both sides. In the other regard, where you do have children of your own, mothering is not so easy. Good thing there's that one day a year when moms everywhere get showered with appreciation, the rare day she gets waited on, gifted with a plant, a card, something bigger maybe, maybe breakfast in bed, something handmade, hopefully, especially when the kids are young, because, man, that's the best. Little handprints in cement, crayon art, the early stages of writing their name, adorable. I still have every one I ever got. You know how I know that? Because there is not a world in which I would be going through papers and finding a painting or a card or a note or a craft that Megan or Catherine made that I would throw away, that I could bear to part with. In this house, under this very roof, exists a museum-worthy archive tracing the history of my two daughters, plus drawings and cards from my godsons, my nieces, and now their children. I also have, oh my God, safe to say, Thousands of photos recording every year, every stage, every big moment, and hundreds and hundreds of those tiny moments that make up the days that become the months and the years on the march to their adulthood. And it's not like I stop taking pictures or making sure I get the good ones printed and the great ones framed. There are two distinct stages of motherhood, active and passive. The active stage is defined by a lot of hands-on activity. Feeding, teaching, correcting, playing, sending them off for timeouts, laying awake nights in worry, sometimes complaining, sometimes, maybe not often enough or maybe too often, praising, saying things like, because I said so, and no, you can't, and sometimes when you blow their little minds, yeah, you can. I remember when Megan was very little, and I was so used to saying no. Don't touch, don't run, don't grab that, don't eat that, no, 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 no. And then one day she said, I don't know, could she have or could she do or whatever. And as I started to hit the standard response, it hit me, well, why not? Aside from habit, there really was no reason to say no. And I said, yeah, you can do that or have that or whatever it was. And the way her face lit up, like I had just performed the most amazing magic trick, That was cool, and it did make me pay more attention to her requests and my responses to be sure I'd avoid auto-decline moving forward. That was an early lesson in mothering for me. I don't always have to say no. Originally, mostly, I said no to avoid hazard. But a lot of times it was just to avoid extra work on my part. And while I could blame it on being a lazy mother, the truth is mothering is exhausting. And you got to save some energy if you're going to make it to bedtime. 
yours or theirs. Like if you don't want to take out the paints, first layering everything around it in some sort of protective gear because you have to start dinner soon, or you don't want to go out in the yard and blow bubbles because you know it's going to result in soapy clothes that'll have to get changed, or you don't want to read the story you just finished again because you just finished that story, or because you really need to tuck them in and get a little time to yourself. If you don't want to agree to whatever because you just don't feel like it, that's okay. I mean, odds are, I bet you're already doing plenty. Take Brett, who shares photos of Brady in action. He's already three and just at the stage when his preschool was providing a beautiful balance of activity for him and a break for her. This whole stay-at-home thing pulled the plug on that. So Brett's finding things to do every day. I'm exhausted on her behalf, but deeply admire her efforts. There's a picture of him making a butterfly out of an egg carton. There's one where he's in his fireman costume. And there's one he's in a smock at a table covered with newspapers while he spreads blue paint on paper. And I'm like, man, now there's a good mother. And I know she's already gotten up in the middle of the night to work. She's done her entire shift. And if it was me at that point, I would just want to do nothing. But that's what the active mothering stage is all about. Them, not so much you. But there can also be a sweet pleasure in helping them focus on creating something with their own two tiny little hands. Same with the new, who's devoting her days to Des, who is 18 months old now and into everything. And she's right there alongside him, not just allowing him to run and dig and bang and toss, but inviting him to follow his every whim. She doesn't say a lot of no, unless he's putting himself in danger. And the delight on his face, well, I guess that's her reward. I hope he grows up knowing how very lucky he is that he has her for a mom. Mason's closing in on nine, and school kids bring a whole new set of challenges, like how much time should they spend on a tablet? Can they, should they even have a tablet? How about getting them to turn off a computer game and go outside to play? Where do you find the balance between what you feel okay about compared to what all their friends are getting away with? if their friends are actually even getting away with everything they're saying they are. And now, with schools closed down, I feel for Marissa and Joe, and all the other parents. And what about parents who are still having to leave for work? And how much distance learning is falling on parental shoulders? I mean, anybody who wanted to homeschool would already be doing that, right? Jennifer next door homeschooled her four kids. Very successfully, I have to say. They're all really wonderful, thoughtful, self-disciplined, brilliant, interesting, all I know is I wouldn't have succeeded there. I'd be like, math? Uh, I don't know. Science? Mm, can't help you. And isn't getting most kids to do homework hard enough? Then there's Fiona, who is still in the easy stage. Easy if you think running after and wrangling a rambunctious two-year-old is easy. At least you don't have to explain isosceles triangles. Explain it. I can't even spell it. My idea of grandmothering is sitting them on your lap to read a quiet story, but Lane's right beside her on the floor building towers. They're up having a dance party. She's instructing her to pull a stool to the counter so they can stand side by side making cookies, and then they'll have a tea party to enjoy their efforts. Which reminds me of my grandmother, and one memory in particular, standing shoulder to shoulder in her teeny tiny Brooklyn apartment kitchen as she let me make dinner for the first time. I had no idea then how bored I'd be with it in the future. But this particular evening, I was maybe 10. She guided me through preparing shake-and-bake chicken. Crispy chicken without frying. And pudding for dessert. All these years later, I still remember feeling so accomplished and triumphant. I had no idea how much I would hate it in the future. If my grandmother set the bar high, my mother raised it. More than any of her other talents or pursuits, being a mom 
is who she is with her children, with her granddaughters, and beyond, with her friends, with our friends growing up, and even now with neighbors, with people she meets who need a little something, a suggestion, support, sympathy, just somebody to listen or care. Watching her, I learned that being a mom is first and foremost about your children, what they need, and what you can do for them. Even if what you're doing is saying no, it's about putting in the effort every day, entertaining, engaging, encouraging them. It's about guiding them forward, keeping them safe. Heck, sometimes the goal is just to make it through the day or sometimes even through the next five minutes, especially during those trying times like the terrible twos or the testy teens. If motherhood was a board game, the winner would be the first to get the kids to adult world. Bonus points if they're good people. Nobody ever said motherhood is easy. Oh, maybe you run into somebody long past the active stage who spins some story about what a breeze it was, how their kid was potty trained at six months, read Shakespeare at two, mastered algebra by three. No, I don't buy that parental hindsight. There's something to be said for letting your memory wipe out the bad stuff, the temper tantrums, the sleepless nights, the calls to the principal's office, and do a soft focus or rewrite on everything else. Don't buy it. Motherhood is hard, and yet it's still a pretty popular choice. Hard to do well, all too easy to make mistakes, because we're human. Because we're dealing with other humans who, while you can sometimes get them to clean their room or at least pick up their dirty socks, you can almost never get them to bend completely to your will. We're not, that is, I am not a perfect mom. If you look back, You may hit on choices that you made, things you said or didn't say, that now make you cringe or sigh or sad. But aside from making the effort not to trample through bad memory lane, I know that even if I didn't ultimately make the right decision every time, or I could have done better other times, been more on top of things, said yes a little more often, I know I always did the best that I could in that moment. Way past infancy, toddlerhood, school age, when they're in their own lives, in their own homes, our children know, whether they want to admit it or not, that we'll always be their safety net, always just to call or holler away, ready to turn up, to fix or help, to give whatever love, support, or whatever they need. Because childhoods end, but motherhood goes on forever.